0: cyberbit is offering cyberwire listeners a free live fire exercise sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire rsa updates including the general support being voiced for strong encryption technology trends and a keynote by the director of nsa Elsewhere the U.S continues efforts to enlist industry against ISIS and cyberspace. The drown vulnerability patched yesterday by OpenSSL is thought to affect about a third of all HTTPS sites. A new version of the Byfros Trojan is out and designed for Linux systems. And Europe watches closely as Apple and the FBI face off in court and Congress. I'm Dave Fitner in San Francisco with your Cyberwire summary for Wednesday, March 2nd, 2016. We're at RSA again, podcasting from the floor of the world's leading cybersecurity conference and exposition. The first order of business must be congratulations of the 2016 Turing Award winners. Whitfield Diffie and Martin E. Hellman were honored for the pioneering work that gave us public key encryption. The two also expressed themselves concerning the crypto wars, warning of the potential for abuse, tyranny, as Diffie put it and the signing by Hellman of an amicus brief and sympathy with Apple. Industry leaders were in full-throated, full cry in pursuit of guarantees of strong encryption. Microsoft president Brad Smith was particularly direct, warning that, quote, the path to hell starts at the back door, end quote. His views found general agreement, although another crypto pioneer, Adi Shamir, did express a degree of understanding for the FBI's position. While he found the possible precedence of a ruling in the Bureau's favor troubling, he also thought that their request of Apple was more narrowly circumscribed than it's been generally represented. And, standing at Hell's back door or not, for what it's worth, it seemed to our stringers that the Bureau's representatives at their booth have received basically cordial visits. NSA's position in the crypto wars has been publicly much quieter and more nuanced than those taken by the Justice Department, and far more accepting on the face of it of the general availability of strong encryption, which is, as NSA Director Rogers has said, here to stay. Admiral Rogers delivered a keynote yesterday that's been widely reported as a plea for more cooperation between industry and the intelligence community. It was indeed that, but it also expressed an understanding that problems in cybersecurity are complex and variegated. Problems for foxes, not hedgehogs. It's refreshing to see complexity acknowledged where one often hears glib calls for moonshots or Manhattan projects to hedgehog programs, if there ever were any. Remember, the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. Admiral Rogers has also been warning that an attack on U.S. infrastructure is a practical inevitability. He expects utilities in the U.S. to sustain disruptions at least as severe as those the western Ukraine saw at the end of last year, and he continues to urge that the grid in particular be prepared to parry and recover from industrial control system attacks. TechCrunch has declared this year the year of security plus machine learning plus artificial intelligence at RSA. That's a fair characterization of the technologies and approaches on offer, but we would add some additional specificity to this characterization. It's also the year of systems integration, OSINT, and above all, anomaly detection. There's a general interest in threat intelligence, but that interest is more concerned this year with risk reduction than it is with attribution. Turning from RSA to the wider world, the widely expected and hitherto mysterious open SSL patch arrived yesterday, and we now know what was being plugged. It's a TLS SSL vulnerability being called DROWN, a forced acronym derived from decrypting RSA using obsolete and weakened encryption. It's generally regarded as a serious bug. About a third of all HTTPS servers are thought to be susceptible to DROWN attacks, which depend upon the old export-grade backdoor formerly mandated for U.S.-made security products. Strong encryption partisans cite DROWN as further evidence of their central contention that weakened encryption does far more damage than it does good. Trend Labs finds a new variant of the Bifroze Trojan designed for deployment against Unix and Unix-like systems. They attribute the development to the threat actors behind the shrouded crossbow campaign. Verizon releases a breach report with a difference. It doesn't replace the company's existing well-known annual report, but it supplements statistical treatment with instructive case studies. In the UK, the government prepares a new version of its surveillance bill, the Apple FBI case is being closely watched in Europe, where observers fear it will have implications for the implementation of Privacy Shield. Partisans of both sides are squaring off this week in Congress and in court. The U.S. Secretary of Defense has been in San Francisco this week, jawboning industry about what it can do to help anti-ISIS operations. We heard from Dave Amsler, president and founder of Raytheon Foreground Security. He likes what the SecDef has to say. Quote, The Hack the Pentagon program is another example of Defense Secretary Ash Carter's efforts to strengthen our national security by tapping the high-end talent capable of hunting cyber threats. As cyber attacks become more sophisticated and persistent, our defenses, critical infrastructure, and business organizations cannot sit and wait. Instead, we must hunt. The Hack the Pentagon program is a step in the right direction to be more proactive in detecting and eradicating cyber threats. End quote. Finally, a group of Turkish hackers has claimed responsibility for the ransomware attack on Hollywood Presbyterian Medical Center. While the motive behind the attack seems clear enough, criminal extortion, those claiming responsibility cloaked themselves in a nationalist mantle. They were also protesting American friendliness toward Kurds because they're, well, you know, patriots, says they. Malek Ben-Salem is the R&D manager for security at Accenture Technology Labs, one of our academic and research partners. We talk a lot on the CyberWire about big data, and I'm curious, Mm -hmm. what are some of the particular challenges that big data presents when it comes to security and privacy?
1: So, as you know, big data presents three challenges. One is related to its sheer volume, uh, one is related to the variety uh, of the data, and one is related to the velocity of that data as as we collect it. With respect to volume, businesses are collecting fast amounts of data, and in order to be able to process that data, they often rely on uh, parallel processing uh, frameworks, uh, map-reduce-like frameworks. Uh, where distributed mappers independently process data locally. Now, those MapReduce-like frameworks such as Hadoop have not been built with security in mind. Uh, Google originally created Hadoop, which is the open source implementation of the the MapReduce programming model. And uh, at the time when they created it, they used it to store uh, and to process public website links. Uh, so because those website links are public, they didn't think about security and privacy. So mm-hmm. the security was an afterthought for uh, Hadoop and for the, uh, the frameworks that are built on Hadoop. So that's one uh, issue uh, with all these big data platforms, the fact that security is an afterthought. And now we have to deal with retrofitting those platforms with security functions. Another challenge is the variety of data elements uh, that are uh, being collected. So think of uh, an insurance company, for example, that collects medical records uh, that also have financial information about its customers. They need to build different data stores for each type of data because the medical records and, and the financial information are subject to different compliance requirements. And uh, many companies uh, are struggling with enabling, with separating the data and uh, assigning the right access controls or fine-grained access controls uh, on that data.
0: So what are some of the solutions that you all are seeing and that you're coming up with there?
1: We are trying to um, identify the gaps in existing uh, frameworks uh, Are there opportunities to enable privacy-preserving computational models uh, on these big data platforms so that uh, no private information is leaked? How can we deal, again, with, with the velocity uh, challenge where data is coming at, at a high speed and we're not able to uh, label it correctly, to label what's sensitive and what's not sensitive?